0: Pulls up for three, boom, knocks Curry from the corner at three, puts it in. For overtime, makes it go, it's Welcome to the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods, brought to you in association with Total Environmental Compliance. Check out their consultancy services for a whole range of environmental issues at TE Compliance. Dot co uk don't forget if you love the podcast please hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast provider and make sure you do leave us a review or click on the stars whatever. it really does make a huge difference for us and don't forget as well if you want our new weekly newsletter the post up head to mvp247.com and subscribe now our guest this time is one of the very best point guards in all of the women's british basketball league. She as an archer and she also happens to be batman's best pal Robin Lewis, (laughs) welcome to the MVP cast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, We'll talk about your superhero uh, ship (laughs) and your Twitter account in a while. but um, Let's talk food to start with rather than hoops. Um, On a scale of one to ten, how much of a foodie are you?
1: A definite ten. I love it. I am massive foodie.
0: (laughs) We know that because you have this uh, food blog on on Instagram which um, is called Lunches with robin Lice underscores each after each of those words um which you do with your card of teammate lacey mckenzie i um, where'd the idea come about to, to put this
1: online um, yeah well, it was just over lockdown really we'd really been loving cooking um and we kind of explored loads of different recipes and then we we're just like oh let's throw it out there we follow loads of accounts on instagram in terms of food and things like that and we're kind of inspired by what we saw so we thought let's just our own little content for us and start throwing some bits out there and it's a good way to interact and get good ideas I think for what we wanted to cook at home Um, so yeah that was that was this something
0: that like some of us started to bake during lockdown that you discovered food or this has always been a passion
1: um so my mum is um a home economics teacher that's what she does so kind of growing up, food's always been so central to everything we've done as a family. And I think she, I've probably been so lucky now. I didn't really think about it when I was younger, but in terms of her educating me of what to put in my body and an appreciation of good food. And I remember when me and my brother were younger, we went on like a family holiday and my mum used to pack like the cans of like beans and sausages and all that stuff, all the really generic, like Scottish kids' foods. (laughs) And then we went out for a meal and I think, me and my brother were being really fussy, and we we were really young at the time. We were re- refusing to eat uh, what was on offer, and she was she said it was a complete turning point. She was she decided we would never have anything different again to what her and my dad ate. So they just gave us whatever they had. We had as well from that point onwards. So, and yeah, we both me and my brother both massive foodies now. The family WhatsApp's always pinging off with what we're all cooking and getting up to. So yeah, that's probably been quite a big part of it as well.
0: How much does the the flat kitchen at home resemble one of these, you know, test kitchens that we see on telly with you know people trying out new ingredients and throwing stuff together and seeing if it sticks?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do follow some recipes and I t- I take stuff from my mum. um. But yeah, I think during lockdown, especially, it was like every weekend. Okay, what can we do now? Let's buy a sushi kit and try that. Let's you know and luckily Lacey's the same she really loves food so I think the two of us had a really nice time just exploring it together and trying stuff for the first time her family are really big into food as well so when I was staying there over lockdown we ate really well it was fantastic how
0: important is that for an athlete to kind of be be conscious of that because you know obviously it's you know, play healthy live healthy and all that kind of stuff but you know having a mum who understands the science behind it must in some way influence your approach to it
1: yeah hugely important i think and i think for females especially encouraging that kind of that healthy body image and not not being afraid to put certain things in your body because it's all good fuel um but yeah i think it's so important especially now as the sport becomes more and more elite it's like the fine details that make the difference sometimes and i think I can always tell when I've put good food in my body versus when I've maybe let it slip a little bit. So I definitely think it's really important, not just for while you're competing, but for longer life as well now with so many fast foods and things being readily available. I think it is really important to stay on top of it.
0: Educate people a little bit. I mean, you, you talked about there specifically about women and the importance of, of that fuel and that, that food, etc. What's, for some of the listeners, what's the things that she'd be looking out for or she'd be doing?
1: um so the big one for athletes which just talked about quite a lot is obviously your protein intake especially like after quite hard hitting exercises so making sure you're getting really easy protein in um a big one for me is just a simple one like five fruit and veg a day and that's non-negotiable for me i get that in every day probably more than but i love all that stuff so it's quite straightforward for me and i think just yeah being balanced like it's okay to have treats and stuff it's just balancing it all out that. But- definitely for me making sure i've got enough fuel in and it's enough of the right things so i'm getting like carbs i'm getting three really good meals a day with veg or fruit incorporated in every single one um simple things really um it kind of just becomes routine after a while i think do you find
0: that i mean you want to talk about your sort of youthful coaching or youth coaching but i mean is that something that you try to hammer home to the kids that you're working with as well that you know these things are all part of this mix if you want to be you know, not just an athlete but obviously a, a very well-functioning fit human being
1: yeah I think it is really important I think especially in the UK we maybe kind of miss a trick there sometimes um because I think especially we don't maybe get as much time with younger athletes on the court so it can be easily just to prioritize the physical stuff and just really hammer that home when actually there's a lot more to it and I spe- especially over lockdown and kind of struggles people have been having with well-being like a good diet and a good bit of exercise and a good bit of sleep that'll that'll put you in good stead I think for most things um so it probably is really important I think we're still in a process probably of educating that younger setup so that they're in a better position than we were when we were that age
0: how much are you the uh I don't know what you call the food police of the Cardiff
1: Orchard squad See, I've just got... I've actually got the reputation of a bit of a hoover. I just eat <laughs> everything. So on the bus, I mean, Justine, one of the girls on our team, she is, like, amazed by the amount I will pack away as a small person. She's, like, just <laughs> constantly eating all the time. Um, so, yeah, I i think I'm quite, like, balanced with what I eat, but I do just... I do pack it away.
0: With you know, that nutrition idea for, you know, for sport, etc. I mean, there, there's a very holistic approach that the best sort of sports scientists advocate for for sports people these days. Give us a flavour of the regime that you build around it, I mean I know you work as well sort of part-time but you know in the WBBL and Cardiff specifically, what is the weekly kind of physical training workout regime?
1: Um, So at the moment uh, we have team practice pretty much every day when we're not, um, when we've not got a game. So I guess we're playing two games a week at the moment. So we'd go Monday, Tuesday, team practice, Wednesday game, Thursday, Friday, team practice, Saturday game, Sunday off. And then we have like a remote S&C program at the moment. We can't get into left. So we do that. Um, we're expected to do that really twice, twice, three times a week. But we've been a bit more left to our own devices during COVID with that. Um, so it is a lot. And I think actually out of all the WBBL teams I've played for, this is probably the lesser load because usually you'd have individual practices thrown into that as well. So um, when I've played at Pride and Leicester, any day that's not a game day, I'm usually on the court at least twice a day, once in the morning with an individual or a group session for my position and then in the evening for a team practice and then you've got S&C to add in as well. So yeah, you're burning a lot of fuel. So fuel needs to go back in when that that amount is going out. Um. And I've got a lot of friends that know a lot more about that stuff than me. I think people I've gone to university with who are nutritionists and I love following their content and there's definitely a lot more education I could do. I still definitely do the basics of just trying to eat as well as I can and keeping tabs on certain things. Um, But yeah, I think it's really important.
0: I mean, it's times of COVID. Um, Every club's been very different. Obviously, being in Wales, rules are different there. I mean, how have you find getting through this season so far
1: yeah it's been quite chaotic i lived in every home nation during lockdown so i did a stint in england i went home to scotland and then when the season started i was back in wales so not every
0: home nation you missed out the finest home
1: yeah but yeah i've missed out yeah i don't know i need to get myself <laughs> over there really um but the, the people in my work they're just like can't believe that you've moved house again what are you doing um so yeah i think it's given me a newfound appreciation for basketball definitely like we're so lucky to get to do what we do and I'd never taken so long off from playing like most people since I've started since I was 10 11 so 15 years and that's the longest break I've had so I think we were a bit like kids returning to the school playground on the first kind of week or so of practice but I think for everyone there's just that newfound appreciation and we realize how lucky we are to get to do it at the moment when not many other people are getting to do you find that
0: that's does the standard of play change this season? It's hard to evaluate because you know teams are coming off breaks, or you're forced to cancel a game for you know, two or three weeks, or because of you know COVID tests or whatever. I mean, do you find that you've been able to get the same continuity and that sort of chemistry that you might have done this time last year?
1: Um, I think we've been quite lucky in the sense we've had a lot of returners. So we had that kind of core base there to kind of work off, which I think has been really good for us this year, because like you say, it can be quite hard to find rhythm. Um, Obviously, we had that spell after Christmas where the university put us on pause. We were still allowed to train, but we couldn't play games. Um, And actually, I was really impressed with our group during that time. I thought everyone stayed really motivated. Everyone was still just really happy they were getting to train, Um, which in ordinary life maybe wouldn't be the case, but because COVID has given us this newfound appreciation, everyone was still fully on board. I think you can definitely see it affecting teams across the league. And even, I mean, we brought in Marley from Canada around Christmas time and just hearing her saying there were so many people over there looking for contracts because so many leagues and other places haven't gone ahead or they've collapsed halfway through because of COVID. Um, It's so unpredictable. So, yeah, I definitely think it is a little bit more up and down, but we've been really lucky with the core and the support of um, Cardiff met and kind of the COVID officers and everyone has pitched in to give us a consistent, a time as we could have hoped for.
0: Was there a fear amongst the group? Cause there was those few weeks where everyone was kind of asking the question, are we going to play again in the new year? I mean, was there, was there some uncertainty and some nervousness that the university might have said, no, no more games?
1: Um, I think we just tried to focus on ourselves. Um, there was a lot of paper <laughs> flying around so it was risk assessment after risk assessment and Steph and Sarah like they put in so much work to get us cleared um but it did kind of it was getting to the point that it was kind of stringing on and you do get to the stage you're like if this goes on any longer it's about fitting the games in on time like teams are getting back now and they're underway and how are we going to catch up um so I think we were there was it was a nervous time, but I think we were also just like we just focus week on week in our practice, and when games come back, it will be fantastic. Um, so yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, really. Well,
0: even yeah, if it comes down to administration and sorting stuff out, the superlative Sarah Wagstaff was always going to come out on top.
1: Exactly, uh,
0: the, the unsung hero of British basketball. Um, <laughs> seven hundred plus career points now, six seasons in this league. Um, I mean, I remember when you first coming through the ranks as a junior, has it flown by?
1: yes it definitely has um it's gone so quickly I I, yeah I still struggle to comprehend it sometimes it has gone really quickly but then when you break it down I've done so much in that time living in different places and doing various things so but yeah I still feel a lot younger than I am now
0: (laughs) I mean three different clubs I mean talk us through I mean obviously very different kind of setups between Leicester and Edinburgh and Cardiff describe the sort of differences and maybe how each of them impacted you as a player?
1: Yeah, um, they are all very different. And I think I was at very different stages of my career in each one. So Leicester, I was a complete rookie, didn't really know much about the setup. I didn't really know about what was Dev 1 at the time, but now WBBL, I didn't really have a concept of that. So I think being flung in at the deep end there and just getting to experience this completely new elite way of training um, was just great for me at that age and I'm so lucky to have got to have done that and then by the time I got to Pride again that's a brand new program so Leicester's a lot more established by that point Pride no one knew who we were Um, but then by that point I'm feeling like okay I've developed now for three years at Leicester I can be a little bit more of a leader here and we got to kind of put our own stamp on that program because it was brand new Um, so again that was really different and then Coming to Cardiff's probably been the time that I've been around a team where a lot of our players are not students anymore. They work. They're juggling a lot of other things. Um, so again, that's been different. There's more experience here, but it's maybe not everyone's top priority in the way that when I was at Leicester and at Pride, that was non-negotiable. Like basketball was, like had to come up the top of the list, and you had to show all-out commitment not that people in cardiff aren't committed but i think there's a lot more of a balance between what people have going on in their lives elsewhere as well
0: what works for you best is that all-consuming basketball is your life said bart Mm Sangers. or is it you know having a job on the side and you're fitting this around it and having that mix of of different things going on
1: um I think if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said it has to be all basketball or nothing. And I think for me as a player, I, I do think commitment's really important. And to get results, you need to have a group of people that are prioritising it and putting it first. That's how ultimately you improve and you get results. And I do believe that method works. I think there is something to be said for the Bart Sanger's method, even if it might not be the easiest method. <laughs> um, but for where my life is at now, this works for me you know I I need to be able to work and I'm not a student anymore I need to be able to earn my own money Um, it's also come into that realization that basketball is not going to be everything forever so I think this env- environment has been good for me to make that transition and to start to find other things in my life that are also going to be important moving forward Um, so yeah I guess there's no one size fits all really but at different stages different things are important
0: in a week that we've we've celebrated and toasted International Women's Day, I mean, you're that first generation coming through WBBL opportunity to play in a league on home soil. It is obviously not perfect. It's obviously a work in progress. But what difference has it made to you?
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it's been absolutely huge. I mean, when mm-hmm. I was younger, yeah, first person coming through the WBBL. But there were even the amount that has grown in the last few years, even the academy stuff with kids going to the States and pursuing different opportunities. um, Yes, it's not perfect, but there's so many great people in British basketball doing so many fantastic things. And I think actually during um, lockdown, we had a COVID call and there was one representative from every club. And I just had a really reflective moment of thinking how lucky I am to have grown up in an environment with, such strong women who just go out get it done they battle all the odds it's not easy all the time with various things going on um but yeah i think it's been it's been such a huge part of my development from a teenager right through now to the other side of 25 so yeah
0: <laughs> the other side of 25 oh so mm. you're old so old mm-hmm. um do you feel that i mean as as many wbbl players will voice on twitter people you, you'll know very well there still is that sense of the inequality between help for the bbl help for the wbbl the kind of general support i mean the popularity is always going to be a work in progress and you because the bbl has a head start but does it feel like we're not quite there in terms of giving both leagues an equal shot
1: um it's a really difficult one isn't it because i think it's just a reflection of wider society like that's ultimately where we're at is that women are playing the catch up we have been for a long time and that's ultimately the way it is it's tough it's frustrating it's really hard when you put in a lot of hours and there's just not as many resources there but that's the reality and i i don't think it stops any of us from from doing what we love um but yeah there's there is a bit of disparity there and that's not to take anything away from the men you know like british basketball as a whole is far from perfect they're working with the resources they have and they've made a lot of progress in the last however many years as well so um I think you never want it to become a competition between the BBL and the WBL. it's more about how can we work in partnership to grow together and make both things really great because for both men and women there's so much good basketball to showcase in this country
0: I mean you mentioned role models and I mean you've got One of the best role models that the sport has, and as your coach in Cardiff, in the form of Steph Collins. I mean, obviously, someone who's played your position at an incredibly high level. Um, talk about the influence that she's been able to have on your growth as a player.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, that was one of my biggest reasons for coming to Cardiff. I've always been a bit. I was starstruck by Steph, and I was first in the league the year before I came to Cardiff. I think I no before I went to Leicester. Sorry. Um, I went to watch the Olympics with my family. And my mum was trying to convince me to go and ask Steph for her autograph. I was mortified. I was like, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, she's she's done so much for the sport um, and still gives a tremendous amount to the sport. Um, and just the way she plays basketball, I think I always that's always someone I wanted to be like when I was younger um, and still is, really. What, what does
0: she do with you? Because, I mean, there's, there is that learning... That she has from having played in big games and you know, and, and run the point for GB for, for such a long time I mean does, does she do specific things with you that you get that knowledge transfer
1: yeah I think she's well until this year because obviously this year she's come in as a head coach so now she's head coaching and she's really focused on that so prior to that I would learn a lot just from playing against As I think I have a lot of the time with a lot of my role models it's been the people that have found it hardest to play against in practices and in games I thought oh you're really good I want to be like that and I think there's a relentlessness there like she plays every practice at the highest intensity as she can and I think that's rare um, especially when you've been playing the game a really long time and um, so that kind of sets her apart and then as a coach yeah she's definitely got IQ there in terms of end the game scenarios and what to do and I think offensively that's a part of my game i've kind of struggled with my confidence at times and she's been really great and kind of giving me that green light and making me helping me to feel more confident in that aspect i
0: mean you're doing some coaching now i mean, you coach the, the under 10s in cardiff and you help out the under the under 16s as well i mean when you're I mean, obviously still young so you can probably remember being 16 and an under 16 mm-hmm. player and you probably still remember being under 10 but um what do you do what do you take from the people who have taught you along the way that you focus on now? I mean, is it is it a strict blueprint or do you sit down and sort of think about it consciously about what worked for you, what didn't work for you and, and put that into your personal plans?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, that's a really interesting question, actually. It's really hard because some people are going to want to try and be elite with basketball and for it to be the be-all and end-all of their life. Whereas other people, they're going to want to play for fun and they might go and play Division 2 or Division 3 and still have as equally as great a time doing that um, or just playing for their school team. So I think when they're under 10s, I'm aware that what worked for me as a kid might not work for them all and it's just about making it as fun as it possibly can be and attracting as many kids into that room as they can. Then you can start to kind of go, oh, they're a little bit more elite. They want to push it, push them up, or you have to consciously kind of break down your sessions and divide them especially under 10 some of them have played a couple of years some of them are just starting and they don't know how to dribble or how to do things yet so yeah i think i definitely think about certain things that i really enjoyed in practice and if i'm aware that me and quite a lot of other people that i've played with didn't really like a particular thing i'm like well what's the point and what's the point in putting in a drill that i don't think is effective um but yeah, I'm still very early in that kind of coaching aspect. So I'm developing that kind of as I go along. Who
0: who did have the biggest influence? Or maybe more than one person, but you know, and you coming through? I mean, who's who's the coach that I guess maybe, you know, fine tuned you or inspired you the most?
1: Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I think Obviously, I had such a good foundation um, as a child um, with St. Mirren and the Langs. They were really key to just getting me involved and keeping me involved. Um, And then when I went to university, Matt Harbour, as my first coach at, at Loughborough, was just, I'd never been exposed to that level of basketball IQ and basketball smarts. And I think I was just so fascinated and just wanted to know more and more and more about how that side of the game worked. He was a very technical coach. He spent a lot of one-to-one time with me, um, in the mornings, even though I wasn't playing that much for the team at the time. And I think that meant a lot to me. Um, so definitely he had a big influence on my career and kind of just developing my skill set from being very, very raw, um, to someone with a little bit more of a basketball brain.
0: Was <laughs> was the system in Scotland? I mean, we've had a few people on this podcast of like you know talking about that and. Obviously, the pride has become the, the pinnacle and it's developing young players you know, coming through. But you know, for you, how did you find that system? Did it work for you? Was there things that could have been done better when you look back at it now with hindsight?
1: Um, you mean in terms of when I was young, like yeah. young coming through that system? Um, I always feel really lucky to have had opportunities to play for the national team. I think that exposed me to a higher level of basketball at a young age. Um, I think in terms of kind of technical development and that kind of thing, I wasn't really exposed to that until later. I had like a basic level, but there was probably room to push it a little bit more. Um, But I guess at home, it's more how many people are playing the sport. And like you say now with Pride, it's so good just to see so many more people coming through and being exposed to high level playing and coaching from a young, young age. like They're competing with top-level athletes from when they're 16, 17, 18. Um, And I think with less people playing the sport at home, that can sometimes be hard to find. It can be hard to find a group that are really going to challenge each other. Um, Even if you look at British basketball as a whole, there's still room to get so many more people involved in the sport and make it much more competitive from a younger age to keep pushing youth players to be to develop from a younger a younger age.
0: Is this what this idea of you know Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland playing each other on a more regular basis could could kinda of help?
1: Yeah, I think that's just it's great exposure, a great experience, and I think everyone loves it. So um why not do it? Like every you don't speak to anyone really that isn't keen for it to happen. And I think in terms of links to funding and stuff, it can be hard to send teams overseas to play. Like just in terms of just the financial backing so if you can do that closer to home and make it competitive then with where we're at at the moment that seems like a no-brainer
0: Yep. the campaign continues here um <laughs> i mean gb you've obviously had underage appearances and you little sort of sniffs of of being around the team i mean is that is that something that still drives you to, to kind of get in that gb team
1: um it's an opportunity i would really love um but i'm not sure that with where I'm at right now that that's realistic for me um yeah I think had you again had you asked me a couple of years ago I really would have wanted that to happen and I love following that team I'm like really passionate about that setup and what all of them do and there's so many people pushing for spots now um to get in there um but yeah of course if ever given that opportunity I would be amazingly grateful but I also am fully aware that I would be competing with other really really talented players for those positions um so yeah
0: what what is the inspirational value for a player like yourself who's you know just already been there and done it in a lot of ways in this sport but yeah you know, is there still an inspirational value for watching the accomplishments of that team particularly over the last few years
1: yeah absolutely because it's just the way the sport in this country is going in general is just getting stronger and stronger and a lot of my role models from when I i've been a kid they play in that team and they're still my role models even though i'm 26 now i still have role models i still pick up things from seeing them play and there is that national pride as well of just seeing them do well and it'd be really really cool to be like oh well i know that like i know them or i've seen them play and now look at what they can do on in an international stage and it's just it kind of encompasses how much the game is growing at home as well which i think is great here's some
0: individual questions um Who's your toughest opponent being?
1: Oh, that is a tough question. I think outside of the European stuff, which obviously exposes you to a higher level when you're at that youth age group, um, in the league now, I mean, there's really good, there's some really good matchups, isn't there? Like Chelsea Schoenberg from Nottingham, and when I've played against kind of Steph in the past. um, Yeah, those kind of players, I think. I think when players can. I feel like they can match me for speed and then like okay this i need to be smart now and that challenges me more defensively so i really enjoy those kind of matchups
0: what's been your favorite game of your career
1: oh that's hard um obviously i think playing in the cup final for pride that was a big highlight um and i think our first home win against sheffield as well um because I think that was a big turning point for us where we trained really, really hard for a really long time and not had many results. Um, So I think it made it extra great because I think playing at home as a junior, I had got used to winning quite a lot of things. Um, But then as a senior athlete and in the WBBL, you realise... You have to be a lot more competitive to get those moments. Um, so I think, yeah, that and then that cup final game. Just being able to play on a big stage was really great. What's the worst moment
0: in the career been?
1: Worst moments? Oof. Yeah. Well, I've lost a lot of games on my time mark, so <laughs> it's, been, it's been some loss. There's been some lows. Um, yeah, I think. Well, I got injured my first year of trial in for GB twenties. I found that really hard. I think just as a younger athlete, hadn't really had experience of injuries before and everyone went to tournament and I found that quite difficult um, just to watch. So that's not really a game, but that kind of side of things. Um, My first year at Pride, we missed out on the playoffs by a game. That was tough as well. Towards the end of the season, we started to gain a bit of momentum and then it was like, just took a big step backwards and realised actually we've still got a lot more work to do so yeah I've definitely had tough losses in my time and for the past couple of years and at Pride as well I've I've played at teams where I've lost basketball games and it's been a frustrating process so yeah there's been highs and lows but the lows make the highs better right so that's <laughs> what we're going with.
0: what's the thing you do when, when you've got those that tough night at the office what's the thing that you took your mind off at of?
1: um i think like i'm really lucky to have a really supportive family who um are always kind of at my games whenever they can be and at the other end of the phone and that kind of thing so i think they've been such a solid support network for me for when i've been younger i think immediately after a game i'm kind of just if it's not gone well i need to take some time to reflect and i think as i've got older i've got better at taking that time for myself and not speaking right away (laughs) sometimes (laughs) just go and have a think about it and then in a few days it might you'd be better poised to discuss it in a positive way um so yeah I think kind of relying on people that I've got on my life that make things fun and make me realize that, that basketball isn't the be all and end all you know it can that can go rubbish but you can still enjoy the rest of your weekend it doesn't have to all be horrible
0: I mean, one of those other things that you've got, of course, is in your locker is that you've got a master's degree in, in international development from, from Edinburgh Uni you know, and obviously your degree from Loughborough before that as well. So now that you're, as self-proclaimed, getting ancient, what's what's the future hold?
1: Yeah, um, I really want to see more of the world. So post-COVID, I would really, hopefully me and Lisa will be able to um, get away and see some more of the world before I decide. But yeah, I definitely in the next few years I want to start thinking about a career in that kind of international development field probably um so yeah I think it's going to be an interesting few years of kind of transition and finding that path
0: and that if the two of you are away that will be the, a further explosion of your joint blog foods of oh, the oh yeah
1: the, the food blog will be will be popping off will be um inputs from multiple countries so that'll be great
0: (laughs) well we look forward to it uh if you want to follow robin on twitter you can get her at batman's best pal obvious why that comes (laughs) so we get around to that finally um robin continued success down in cardiff and uh whatever's coming up in the future but um thanks so much for coming on the mvp cast
1: Thanks for
0: having me. That's it for this edition. Brought to you with our sponsors at Total Environmental Compliance. Hit them up on Google or give them a follow on social media at T Compliance Limited. You can get all our previous editions at mvp247.com. You can also sign up there for the post-up, our new, exciting, regular newsletter direct into your inbox. So if you want to reach me, reach out on Twitter at Britball. Another edition of the MVP cast coming very, very soon. But for me, my well, words, thanks so much for listening and it's bye for now.